Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Now there was a time, let's talk about hemp for a moment and how important it is because it's taking the world here by storm. Years ago, it was very legal in this country and then it became illegal. What happened? Sure. So, yeah, I mean, hemp was always a major economic backbone of our country. Um, I mean, I go back to the 13 colonies. Um, We grew hemp, um, you know, just from the very beginning of our country. Um, The British needed it for their Royal Navy. Um, It was used for sails, for rope, for, you know, all of their supplies, uniform, uniforms, and, um, you could even, as a colonist, you could even uh, pay your taxes to the British government in hemp. So, um, you know, it was, a, it was a very big crop back then. I know our founding fathers grew hemp. Um, you know, George Washington uh, grew it out at all five of his farms. And um, then when we get around the 1930s, um, the government was trying to, the federal government was trying to drum up some additional money and additional taxes, and um, the Marijuana Tax Act uh, came around, and uh, I'm sure you've heard about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first piece of legislation that really put hemp and marijuana together um, and started to really kind of begin this culture of confusion around what marijuana is, what hemp is, what each one is used for, and, you know, didn't distinguish between the two. And that was largely done on purpose. Um, You know, we had uh, William Randolph Hearst, who had the largest newspaper chain in the country at the time. Hearst Communications is still around today. Um, he owned the, the forests that he used to produce all the paper for his empire, and he always saw hemp as a competition to him. Um, so did a lot of other mm-hmm. industries at the time. Because they used hemp for paper, too, didn't they? Right, right. Uh, and at this particular time, um, what's really interesting is that, you know, hemp had always been around, um, but the the tools to manufacture things out of hemp started to, um, they, they started to get more modernized, and that's what became the, the factor here, the, where people saw it as competition, because, um, you know, we had obviously big cotton industry at this time. Um, there were also um, industries such as DuPont that were, you know, rising petrochemical company. Um, they had a lot of lucrative chemical patents at the time, and they saw hemp as, you know, a direct competition as well, because a lot of the methods that they used to pulp paper, um, you know, hemp wasn't, you know, you didn't need those means to, to make paper out of hemp. Did people in those days smoke hemp as well? Uh, they they did smoke marijuana. Um, as far as I know, it was also used in um, for medical purposes. Um, the that we go into this in uh, Jesse Ventura's Marijuana Manifesto when we talk about um, how marijuana was impacted by this particular law. Um, it, you know, this is a time when morphine uh, started to come about in the medical field, and they realized that they could really figure out the dosage um, for, you know, using that for pain management. Um, and a lot of doctors did use, like, a hemp uh, or uh, marijuana oil uh, to treat a lot of different pain uh, for their patients. 
So this is something that was in the medical community at the time, and it affected doctors as well. Um, after this act was passed, if you were a doctor and you were prescribing uh, marijuana to a patient, you had to actually report that information to the director of the Bureau of Narcotics, who was at hmm. the time Harry Anslinger. So a lot of people didn't want to do that. You know, you did, who wanted to go on a list. Uh, for using a medication that was going to go to the Bureau of Narcotics. And doctors didn't feel comfortable doing that either. Um, And then, of course, anyone that was in the particular industry of growing hemp, producing it, um, you know, manufacturing it into something, or if you're prescribing marijuana, you had to pay a tax. Um, And, you know, there weren't any other taxes placed on any other uh, medications or any other industrial crops. So uh, people started to, you know, think, well, this is kind of a risky thing um, to be involved in. And, uh, you know, at the time, uh, we, we weren't really doing our best economically. So, you know, people weren't inclined to spend extra money, um, you know, to, uh, to keep harvesting hemp. Now, hemp, of course, is part of the cannabis species, but it's different from marijuana. What is the difference between the two plants? Yes, they are different. Um, a lot of times people describe them as cousins. They're related, but they're used for entirely different purposes. So, um, the greatest distinction is definitely the content of THC. So that's the uh, psychoactive element in the plant in marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, so that's you know really what marijuana is used for um, overall in general. There's really no other use for that plant. Hemp, on the other hand, does not have a great quantity of THC. There's about three percent. Uh, I'm sorry, 0.3% or less THC in the hemp plant. And um, the rest of it is, uh, you know, is, you know, there's CBD in there, there's CBD in both marijuana and, and hemp, but um, the, the hemp plant is used for making all different types of, um, all different types of products, from clothing to rope, as we talked about, paper. Uh, now we can get into plastics. Um, there's a, a big movement to start using it. Um, a, lot of, a lot of car dealerships today, uh, like uh, BMW, for instance, use, use hemp in their door panels, uh, natural fibers instead of carbon fiber because it's more uh, eco-friendly to go that route. And um, it also looks very different. Uh, hemp looks more like bamboo. Uh, it has a long stalk, where uh, marijuana looks more like a tree or a bush. It, it has more of a shrub appearance. Let's talk about now what is going on with the future of hemp, Jen. Next hour, we'll take phone calls with our listeners who are fascinated by this topic. But at what point did hemp start becoming legal again? So um, it's been a, a slow process. Um, obviously, I think most people know we grew hemp in World War II um, for all sorts of war purposes for, you know, making uh, parachute cords, um, uniforms for our soldiers. Um, and uh, in the book, I talk about that, how at that time, uh, you know, the USDA came in and helped farmers, uh, you know, really grow as much of the crop as possible. There were um, processing 
plants that were built at the time specifically for hemp to make all of these things. And uh, even politicians said that they that we wouldn't have won the war without hemp. Wow. And then, yeah, oh yeah, wow. I have them quoted in the book. And, you know, after World War II, we went back to the Marijuana Tax Act and, uh, you know, farmers went over to Congress and, you know, petitioned to get the taxes taken away. And then by the time Congress tried to rectify it, it was several years later. And by that time, you know, the synthetic fibers like um, nylon and uh, all, you know, rayon and uh, all all those different um polyesters started to become very popular. So again, the whole drive to uh, make hemp into a, a, you know, an agricultural commodity kind of went by the wayside yet again. Um, Then when we get into the late 90s, uh, around 1999, um, Canada obviously started their own hemp program and uh, legalized it and starting and started to export it uh, for food purposes. So, you know, we wanted to import it. <laughs> and um, the, uh, the government made a, a special exception for uh, Canadian food-grade hemp products, including hemp oil and hemp seed, to be imported. So, um, you know, at that point, farmers were like, well, wait a minute, why are we importing it? Can't we just grow it? And then, you know, we can... Uh, keep that money here. Uh, so from that point, moving forward, there was always um, an advocacy effort to get hemp uh, back as a legal crop. And, you know, obviously by this time, it was on the uh, Schedule One narcotic list next to marijuana, um, you know, in the, the 1970s. Um, it was classified by the DEA as a, as a drug. So, you know, that's always been the number one problem, uh, especially, you know, in our lifetime to get access to hemp, we had to take it off of the Schedule One narcotic list. Um, in, uh, you know, in 2014, uh, we started to see a shift where the uh, federal government uh, came up with the Industrial Hemp Pilot Program, and that allowed farmers to grow the crop under special conditions. And each state could come up with their own guidelines. But in general, uh, these farmers were growing the crop mm-hmm. for um, more of an ac- academic purpose, to study it, to see, you know, when was the best time to grow it, um, what could be possibly made from it if it's grown a certain way. And again, you know, they're wondering, well, what's, what's the future for this? Cannot, can it become a you know, full commodity like we see in Canada? And it took until the 2018 Farm Bill uh, for that to actually become a reality. Um, the, uh, the Industrial Hemp uh, Act was put into that bill, which took hemp off of the Schedule One narcotics list. It officially categorized it as an agricultural crop, and now... Because of that, farmers are able to grow it um, and also get uh, crop insurance. They're able to get access to bank accounts, um, credit card companies, uh, you know, everything that you could do in a normal business, but you weren't able to do if you were growing hemp prior. But that's changing. Yeah. Yeah, that's changing now that hemp is legal. How rigorous Um, is it as a plant? Does it grow fast? 
Yes, it does. Uh, hemp can mature in about 100 to 180 days. So you can really, uh, it's a pretty fast-growing cycle. So uh, depending on the climate, some people can grow, you know, two crops a year, um, even three three uh, different rotations a year if they're in the right climate. And it doesn't take a lot of uh, water the way other agricultural crops do, like corn or cotton. And um, obviously, it, it's also uh, one of the big benefits for growing it is it doesn't need all those pesticides right. that other crops need. It's pretty dramatic. What about other countries, Jen? What are they doing in this arena? Well, um, you know, Canada, besides Canada, besides Canada, yeah. So um, hemp is we we're actually importing a lot of hemp seed uh, to start all these um, programs. Now that you know, obviously, hemp is federally legal. The majority of it is coming from other countries. So um, I talk about different. Uh, different varieties of hemp in the book and um, how there's, you know, different ones are, are better for uh, certain purposes. So if you're growing um, hemp for uh, making clothing or if you're growing it to make food, you might choose uh, one variety over another. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're getting hemp from, uh, like uh, one particular strain is from uh, Spain, um, another one's from France, um, and it's, you know, they grow it mostly in France and in the European Union. Um, I mean, they're growing it for CBD oil. They're growing it for, um, you know, just about every purpose under the mm-hmm. sun. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we're even uh, importing Finnish industrial hemp, um, for uh, which is mostly used for grain and, or as a food source. So... Uh, I, I feel like we have a lot of catching up to do, especially since China, in general, wants to really capitalize on the CBD market right now. As a cash crop, how does it compare to, like, corn or soybeans? Yeah, it is a cash crop. Um, right now, everyone is uh, really focusing on CBD because that's where farmers can make the most money. Um Right, uh, and, and especially if you want to take a look at a state, for instance, um, like Kentucky. You know, Kentucky, they they always grew, um, they were always known for growing tobacco. That was really their main cash crop. And obviously, uh, tobacco isn't as popular now as it once was, so that uh, the need for that particular crop has gone down significantly. And uh, they've switched over to soybeans uh, to replace tobacco as the leading crop in the state. And um, uh, the investment on the return is not as substantial as hemp. Uh, If you're growing soybeans, about an acre of soybeans yields about uh, $500, while an acre of hemp that's being grown for CBD can bring in as much as thirty thousand dollars wow. per acre. That's huge. So that's a huge difference. Yeah, and and that's that's not an overly optimistic figure. Um, that's actually a conservative estimate. Jeez, um, and there's a market, book. right? There's a market oh, for the yeah. product. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and you know CBD. Now that uh, hemp is legal, um, it's what ended up happening was hemp uh, CBD is now legal federally. So, um, you know, this is something that's now available in, in mostly every state. Um, and 
it's uh, it's obviously used for a lot of different purposes and and helps many different people for with many different uh, conditions and ailments. You Absolutely. know, um, everything from seizures to arthritis and cancer too, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Cancer too. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, inc- it's remarkable. Big farmer probably doesn't want to know about this, does it? <laughs> well, yeah. It's you know what's really crazy is that. Um, the FDA just approved the first pharmaceutical drug with CBD in it. It's called Epidolux, and it's for a rare, uh, two rare seizure conditions, uh, Dravic syn- syndrome, and uh, I forget the other one. But it's uh, you know it's it's a very um, it's a very hard uh, condition to treat. Fascinating. Because uh, there's just those you know the seizures are just so constant, and there hasn't been any other. Um, any other treatment for it that works. And uh, the CBD is, uh, is effective. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.